Hello and welcome to Wrestle Opinionated. This is our weekly show all about the great shows of AEW. We are your hosts. I am Morg. This is... Pollen victim, Matt Strange. And likewise, pollen infected. This is... Uh, still struggling with thinking up a witty line for these introductions, Muir. I'd like to fuck with you. <laughs> I'm honest. So, what have you two been up to this weekend? NJPW and and hiding from the the air mostly. And a bit of a dangerous skill. part of this. <laughs> uh, we've been watching the first round of the. Oh, which tournament is it? Nick, you're the better grown-up man with wrestling names. It's the normal cup that they do every year. It's what the initial belt was for. So, oh, it's, okay, yeah, it's the original I, one from '72. It's the. I know a lot about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Morg? What have you been up to? Not a lot for playing computer games, drinking a bit too much last night. You know, the usual. Ooh. It's normally me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was feeling the effects this morning. I feel a lot better now. So this might be the first time you've listened to our podcast. And as such, you need to know that we have a review tier system. And this week, most <laughs> importantly, I've remembered it before <laughs> we do the reviews. Um, so this is a tier system we have in which we rank the matches and now Mr. Strange will explain our tier system to you. In the form of G1 Cartoon Transformers. That's right. Okay, so tier list system known in some nerdy circles, quite getting known on YouTube and such like. Obviously popularized by the Japanese computer gaming scene from Resident Evil, etc., which comes from their school system, which is a bit similar to our school system. That's the English one. Um, matches work from D, a bad match, up through S, the top tier match. But we're going to go into each of those categories a little bit now, starting with C. C is your average match. I have had a good time in the average match. The story is good. The wrestling is good. Maybe one's better than the other and the other falls down a bit. But overall, I've had a good experience. That's a C rank for me. And I don't think many Transformers represent that quite as much as Jazz. Just standard Transformer, isn't he? A bit more matey with Prime. You know, a good Transformer, but not the best Transformer. Nobody's writing Jazz down as their favourite Transformer of the episode. We'll go down the one rank, because I don't go below D. I like to keep things uh, in a reasonable scale. A D match is one where I'm unhappy with the product, where... I'm not really pleased with what I've seen. Maybe the wrestling's been poor. Maybe the storytelling's poor. And that's Skylinks. Fuck Skylinks. I hate him. He's an awful chicken thing. And I've definitely not used this as an excuse to talk about how much I fucking hate Skylinks. Didn't even turn into a robot. Piece of shit. Moving up from C to B, that's a better match. We're looking at a match where maybe the wrestling is just that bit more on top where you don't look away. Maybe the storyline really draws you in. It's just got a bit more character, a bit more talent, a little bit more work in it than a C-match. Just like Wheeljack in the Transformers. He had flashy ears when he spoke and fixed things. Just above your average Transformer. A-rank match is one that blows my mind. Not completely, but we're looking at phenomenal wrestling or exceptional storytelling. Most matches, Kenny and Trent are in, if I'm honest. That match where you don't look away and you're like, yes, that was the match of the night. And I think it's only fair I put my favourite Transformer here, Grimlock. Every time you see Grimlock in Transformers, you're pleased. He has some of the best moments. He's a great character. But he's never quite pulling your heart into that S-rank match, that S-rank Transformer. 
The S-rank match is the one which goes down in history. We remember it forever. We'll look at it back and go, damn, that was a good match. Just like how we will always look back at pretty much every Optimus Prime scene in all of Transformers, even the bad series, and go, damn, he was a cool Transformer. S-rank matches, Optimus Prime matches, stay with us like his dying moments before he chooses a terrible leader for the uh, for the uh, Autobots, whose name I forgot there. So that's Ultra our ranking system. <laughs> boo! Fucking boo! Uh, yes, that's our, our uh, tier list. Bad, good, really good, superb, Optimus Prime. Excellent. There we go, Morg. I don't know how much you know about Transformers, but I hope you agree. Yeah, no, it was nice to see Optimus Prime, the one who'd be classically the top guy, being put as the top guy, I have to say. He is, mate. He's, he is a wonderful character, the old soldier who really cares and like sometimes does quite dark stuff in some of the comics and other things because he's a soldier. He's just wonderful, and I love him. And his voice actor is phenomenal, even if they did drop Frank Welker from doing... Uh, Megatron for the latest films, which was a terrible move, like the entire latest films. Hi, welcome to Strange Bitches About Most uh, Modern Transformers uh, Media, the podcast. Everybody else will be quiet whilst I rant about why everything Michael Bay has done in history is terrible. Oh, well, no, no, no. I, I will be with you. I don't know. <laughs> I think they could put wrestling just like Russo. I think you could be a Monday Russo if you ask nicely. Oh, God. <laughs> Michael Bay's professional wrestling. It's all on military vehicles and there are explosions every time somebody punches and Rihanna's in it for some reason. Fucking hate Battleship. Sorry. (laughs) This is not our film podcast, I promise. Morg, take over. So, moving on. uh, News this week. And yes, there's been quite a lot of news. Some of it bad, some of it interesting. Uh, Mr. Strange, do you want to lead off with the first bit? Probably one of the more bad parts. I will begin with the... uh, Jesus, what a week. Uh, Sammy Guevara has been suspended from AEW for at least a couple of months for something terrible he said in an interview four years ago on an Edgelord podcast about Sasha Banks. Completely unforgivable. I'm not going to give my opinions on people growing, etc. But he did call and apologise to Sasha and several of the AEW talent, apparently. Um, he did his video apology online. He turned off ads and monetization on it. And he has been suspended with his uh, money going to a local women's charity or women's hospice. And he has been sent to sensitivity counselling. Uh, without personal opinions on this, I think he has shown a lot of it's definitely not the man he was back then, but it is good that they have done this and it is the correct response. There we go. So no Sammy for a few months, hence uh, Santana versus Matt Hardy. Uh, Mr. Muir? Careful news. Mr. Muir, do you have something for us? Uh, we've had the FTR for Horseman tweets mostly. I think it's the thing of that you said a few weeks ago of the FTR uh, well that that's actually sort of built up into more of a thing because they're all sort of commenting on each other now yeah. in a really unsubtle way we've got Cody Sean Spears and FTR all commenting on each other just going four horsemen four horsemen four horsemen 
You, you know, scratching yourself with four fingers wasn't awkward enough. We just got to keep going at it, boys. <laughs> um, one of the boys did it in the match as well. He yeah. put up four fingers before it's been. It's really subtle. I like how they're they're sneaking it in. <laughs> so um, another piece of news we have is we have some people. So Renee Young of WWE has been uh, tested positive for Corona. This has, of course, meant that John Moxley has had to isolate. Um, I believe he hasn't tested positive. I believe he's been tested, hasn't tested positive. He is positive. clean from what yeah. I've read. Yeah. Because, you know, because Vince got Rene infected and sent her back mm. to take out the main event of Fighter Fest. Genius. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's a real conspiracy. Vince. Um, Sorry, carry on, Morgan. I'll, I'll get my conspiracies in later. I don't know. It's, I think it's a fairly, it's a fairly strong conspiracy, though. I, I think it's probably Triple H and not Vince. I don't think Vince has got his finger on the pulse enough. I mean, it's not like they're running a show at the same time now, as well, is it? it yeah. <laughs> um, also, um, QT has tested positive, or is uh, he is Rona Risk? That's what I've got written on my sheet. Um, which is why he wasn't there, which, in all honesty, I'm more than happy with after the match we got, but more on that later. Yeah, Rona, QT is Rona Risk, Mox is Rona Clear, um, as far as we're aware. But you should still be self-isolating for two weeks after, you know, finding out. So surely he can't turn up for Fighter Fest or be recorded this week. Um, he can turn up for part two of Fighter Fest, which is when his match is as long as he's clear. I think. I think they are. Uh, he is running exactly fourteen days, pretty much. Okay. I think that's from. I, we, me and the Raptor did the maths, and it's it's cutting it close. But I think the reason they can get away with still advertising it is because from when they were diagnosed and when he's isolating, it will be just over 14 days till Fighter Fest Day 2. Oh, yeah, he'll be there. Um, what else do we have news-wise? Uh, more serious news, uh, so we can end on, on some higher notes, I suppose. Uh, Being the Elite has uh, edited out all of the uh, sections with Joey Ryan, as he is apparently a massive repeat sexual offender. There we are. That is the correct way to put that. Yeah, and Jerry Janella called him out on it. Um, Mr. Mio, any other parts? For the news, uh, uh, Taker retiring? Yeah. That's I, I mean, that's probably worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. It's the last one I can think of off the top of my head. Retiring. <laughs> 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 oh, God. Oh, God, I really could do with another solid gold swimming pool. I hope a Saudi Arabia match is coming up this year. I, He's I, not retired. <laughs> Sorry, I, go on, Morgan. I like the fact he said that he thought the AJ Styles match, the, the Boneyard match, was a good ending for him um, in all yeah, seriousness. It was perfect. He finally got that great match to end his career. Yeah, he, he needed it after... Um, I mean, let's be honest, everybody was upset with a bunch of his other ending matches since the Sean Triple H walkout one. Was he meant to retire? No, that was just Sean retiring. My WWE sure. knowledge is low. Sorry, boys. But yeah, no, he's every retirement moment he's had from what I can see has been toss and having a cool cinematic moment where you legitimately kill two people is uh, 
you kill them so hard they leave Three. the company. Three. Three. <laughs> well, AJ came back, but yeah. I still think Isn't that it? the best retirement for him would have been when he left his gear in the middle of the ring, though. Yeah. From Roman Reigns, but you know, Saudi money. Nobody believed it was Roman's yard now, though. Nobody <laughs> believed that. I'm sorry. Um, Poor Roman. And uh, another piece of non-AEW news, but could be interesting for the future, uh, referring back to Renee Young. Uh, WWE's show, which is actually Fox's show backstage, has been cancelled. Will we? Oh, see, there he goes. Will we see Renee Young come and work with her husband? Ooh. Yeah, I you mean, thought I was. Going, you thought I was going with the I other did. option. <laughs> It's even written down in my pad, Mock Morgue for CM Punk moment. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's more likely because having seen how they have good friend circles in AEW where like their friends from other companies are allowed in, and at WWE they're sort of you know, scowled at and <laughs> they put down incense to warn them off because... No other wrestling exists in the WWE cinematic universe. No. The only um, the only problem I would ha find for Renee Young is what would she do? Dasher is brilliant at the um, interview job, and you could add Renee to the announced team, but you second don't. Show, second show, mate. Second show. Second show. Yeah. Second show. If you were going to do it. Well, oh, they... uh, go on. They really need to buff up Dark if they think that Dark's going to be acceptable for TV. So, you know, getting some star well, power on it would be a good idea as well. Uh, mentioning Dark, I'm going to assume this week we will see... I looked up his name, Morg. I assume we will be on Dark seeing Caesar Bononi? 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 Yeah. I have no idea Sorry. who he is. He's apparently oh, no. an XXT an... guy. You're a you're a guy. <laughs> it's your job, Morg. <laughs> no, I I legitimately I legitimately do not remember him from when I watched NXT. Um, it's fair. I, I so think... he's a big he's a popular fellow. <laughs> he's a big face. <laughs> yeah. So moving on from that, uh, we have our social media of the week. Mister Strange, do you have a thing for us that may be a bit more lighthearted? Well, we have dubs things, if I'm honest. Once again, uh, as Muir mentioned a second ago, we have the uh, Sean Spears FTR tweeting four horsemen things and seeing each other and, and the incredibly subtle build that is up to the uh, AEW four horsemen. I mean, I don't know if they're actually going to do one, but it, I've, I've got this subtle hinting that they want to do a four horsemen thing. But more important to me on the social media is, of course, the hashtag Cody Fears Warhorse. Um, Warhorse being an indie wrestler who is like some sort of parody of a metaller who has Lobo-like eye face paint on a scrawnier but still wrestler build, if that makes sense. I don't want to say a scrawny guy because he's still a fucking wrestler. Uh, but he has been calling out Cody for the uh, TNT Championship over and over again in this weird metally dorky way from eating bowls of cereal and just sharing the hashtags of Cody Fears Warhorse to full on promo. And he's just slightly dorky, but metally, you'd probably love him. Um, he got super famous where he beat a, he finished a match after he tore his lip open on the turnbuckle. And I mean, I'm talking like a good, 
couple of centimeters split straight down his lip. It looks fucking badass. Cutting back to our injuries, making people look cooler. So, no, I think he's the possible indie hero who... I think they should give him the match. I think it would actually really... He's got that... Just above backyard. He's got that EC dub sort of fan following, if you know what I mean. And I think it would be really cool and give a little bit of love to uh, some of the more known on the rise indie stars. It's like an angry RB Dallin of that scene, but meta. Cool. Pretty feels awesome. <laughs> so, go on, Mr. Muir. I think it would be a really good thing for it at the end of the day. There's always a good way to draw people in from the indies into the bigger scene and it would make you know people watch AEW more less as a corporate thing like oh look they've got this big indie star you know just challenging for the belt i think it always helps that sort of thing uh, yeah and social media is, is a you know helps a lot and actually embracing social media when somebody's working towards it um so and riding a bit of that positivity in social media at the moment. Yeah, if which, I should see a bit of happiness brought through and Warhorse gets a match, which he'd undoubtedly have to lose, but it would be nice <laughs> to see something come of it and some positivity in this awful, awful year. Yeah, that would be nice. So moving on to our weekly review. And as always, we start off with BTE or being the elite. What did you both think of it? Um, we don't normally give a rank to BTE, but... What did you think of it overall? I've got a couple of comments to throw in at the end. Uh, best friends are the fucking titties, and I love them, uh, especially with their reversing away in the Home Alone plot. Uh, when I still are love we going to get Mac to come on, and Macaulay Culkin to come on to help them build traps to capture Brandon? That's what I need I... in my BTE. We know he I loves will... wrestling, so get him on. I will tweet him. Um... <laughs> I'm still loving Spanglish, and I like the fact that almost like relevant in this Spanglish, they were going for their typical comments about ladies using the uh, a variety of uh, what's the word when you want to say something naughty but you use a word that's similar to it. Don't ask me, man. I, man I'm good. Euphemisms and metaphor. Um, and then Dasher chased them off and used some other ones. I, I quite like the Spanglish bits. I think it's actually quite a nice little showing of a comedy culture that we don't really know. Yes, you know, good, good quite English boy perspective. You know, you know, middle Central America sort of humour sort of thing. I really enjoy it. Uh, I, I liked Dasher chasing them with a shoe. Yeah, yeah it, was it was beautiful. It's your mum with a slipper. Yep. I loved um, Grumpy Kenny, not wanting to play with Colt anymore. They were just tired of him. <laughs> Can everybody in this company kick my ass? Uh, Brandon, Bravalon, I love them. I love their now like stormy friendship of them kind of wanting to be friends and falling apart. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the Dark Order bit, and I kind of want to see more skits of basically what goes on in the day-to-day -day Dark Order life. The fact that Brody the business. The fact Brody came in like a fucking maniac, and then Dar and then um, Uno, Evil Uno was like, yeah, just like, well, let's do this, and then you know the two weaker members of the Dark Order got really excited about doing uh, emails, and like the, the two big guys were like, kind of like, well done, yeah. I think um, uh, Alan Angels laughed. So I I'm going to pull out the. The this should have been on dark or on um, dynamite card that we always say is on being the elite. And I'm going to have to pull this card out twice 
today. Okay. I think the Dark Order thing should have been on Dynamite. I'll give you that. Less so for the Dark Order one. Because yeah. it because we know that BTE have got this thing at the minute of what's your bit for BTE. So the Dark yeah, Order, yeah. It, it doesn't quite get a pass, but it's very close to getting a pass. The one that doesn't get a pass was the TH2 one. Again, this is another one that should have been on Dark or Dynamite. Uh, originally, yeah, but now I'm just sort of getting, like, bored of it almost. Like, I mean, what is... What is they're just grumpy, all right. It was all computer game references. You yeah. had to notice them. I didn't. Oh, I just because I've heard him shouting his uh, alliterative, and they're so good at wrestling. But I've heard Jack Evans speaking this alliterative V for Vendetta thing so many times now. I've just written down what what is this gimmick? Crack cocaine? Because it's. Just, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to see him get more. I don't know where they're trapped, but they need some production value on this shit. Like. Uh, down with it and i'm with you but when it's just two guys with white walls one with a sign written in biro and the other one just screaming like a crackhead uh, remember when the ultimate warrior came to wcw and he had that 15 minute promo where you were just gazing off into the distance but yes. listening to it that's how these segments feel for me <laughs> um yeah I didn't dislike it. My my main criticism was this needs to be on Dynamite or Dark. This is putting TH2 over um, and making a stand. I liked the sort of the religious um, connotations. And as I say, after the Raptor pointed it out, because I missed them completely, the computer game references. Um, but... <laughs> You make. I, I don't even mind the low-budget videoing because The Shield used to do that and it was cool when they used to have the one camera that they used to talk into. I don't mind okay. the low-budget, um, off-the-wall kind of stuff. Though I think with TH2, and I think it would suit their characters as if you had it as almost a hijack thing where you'd have the static, the, the white noise static would come in oh, yeah, and then it. they'd come in and they'd do their promo about how they're being held back as if they're hijacking. And I, that just feels to me like it would suit their character. You want to take them for 80s hackers? Yeah. Or was that 90s? It was bad either way. It was 90s. But, yeah. <laughs> and I know WWE are doing that. I've been doing the hacker storyline, but I think I think you can get away with it. It's, it's a good wrestling trope. It's been done, you know, before. They don't even um, need to be hackers. It can just be like the NWO going, like having yeah. their adverts paid for by the NWO during the show and stuff like that. Just show that they're an outside force causing an issue. Yeah. That's all you need to do with that bit, really. And then you can build them up. I'll get a push at some point. They can yeah. feud with so I'd like to see them feud with the Young Bucks, but I think they're they're tied up elsewhere for now. Uh, so anything else you want to say about BTE? Overall good, bad, indifferent? I like the line from Hagman of want to do alcohol, it'll make you feel better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, the Christian AF thing went on a bit long. Overall, I had a good time with uh with being the eight. Um, but any moment where they you know push the best friends, I enjoy. So here we are. So from there we move on to dark. Um another longish dark, though not quite as um hour and a half. What did you guys think of it? What overall rank do you give Dark? Um, right, okay, I'm going to go through. Some of these do not have many notes, like the no. opening match of Anthony versus Cage. My own, all of my notes just say a match. So there's that. 
The Musa and Ali versus SCU. I've been really excited about Musa and Ali. Um, Musa's really good. The end was underwhelming. It was all right. The ending wasn't great, but at least SCU will put over their jobbers, you know, while they're yeah. in a match with it. The cage match was just a cage squash. I accept it. It's where the story is going, in my opinion. Uh, Pineapple yeah. Pete versus Sean Spears. Uh, He's got a lot of cool moves. I got angry. I got oh, angry because uh, Pineapple Pete wasn't wearing his fucking knee pads. That's the worst thing I can imagine for a wrestler to not wear. But you know, it's me. <laughs> I've heard so many. You and Ruth criticizing knee pads is a thing I've picked up on more these days. <laughs> You've made me notice them. Uh, I miss. I still miss for uh, Fun Sean. I really like yep. the heel move. I would say out of the three matches thus far, it was the best one. We got to actually see some showcase, understand the glove. Yeah, not not a bad one, if I'm honest. The Pineapple Peach Sean Spears for overall story to wrestling. The Beaver Bros versus Sonny and Joey. Oh, sorry, three and four versus Sonny and Joey. Whoa, you missed Griff versus Lance. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I just got Crazy <laughs> Lance as my only note for that. Jake's Jake's got incredibly white teeth now, and they distract me. And I don't think he's used <laughs> to them either because he keeps doing like a wide top lip smile. Yeah, I'm like woo. Um, Lance's misdirection is one of the best ones in the industry. I still can't stop singing "It's Now or Never" at the end of his theme tune, and I hate Bon Jovi and I hate Lance Archer for having a theme tune that sounds like it. And um, the guy lost a shoe during the move, which means he's dead. So, yeah, got a Griff versus... It was fine. Squash, man. Yeah, fine squash. Three and four versus uh, Sonny and Janella. How strong is John Silver? Very strong. Like we said originally, he needed part of our dwarf stable that we were building around Pack, but, you know... Like, he did. He pulled off an F five. He did a gorilla press on Joey Janela like easily. Like he kicked a man so hard his mask flew off. Uh, it, 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 they did a tope pile driver, which is better than any of the other pile driver finishers I've seen in the tag league. Uh, and they got counter. Obviously, they lost. Yeah, I don't. I don't actually have any notes about Sunny and uh, Janela, other than the fact that their double flip thing from the top takes too long to set up and requires too much of a wobbly dance. Sonny has the worst Boston Crab ever. <laughs> oh, oh, he was whinging about that at the time it happened. I had to go back and look up how bad it was. <laughs> and we've seen a lot of Boston Crabs this week. <laughs> uh, Kylan King versus Mel. Uh, I kind of had high hopes for this, if I'm honest. Um, I'm not accustomed to a slower strikes-based strong-style women's match, so... Didn't enjoy it as much as I could have, but it was solid. And Kylan's, uh, sorry, Mel's like drop to knee, choke slam, sidewalk slam combo actually looks badass. If you're going to only have one move, make it look good. How did you feel about that one, Morg? You're our women's expert. Uh, it, it was all right. I'm not a big fan of Mel. Um, no, me neither. She, she seems a little bit... She just, it's back to the problem we had before with matches that didn't flow quite as much and it seemed to move, go from yeah. move to move um, I watched it, it was okay I, I, I'm not ranking it a D I don't think it was terrible but, uh, and I watched the whole thing, but I, it certainly it was it was a C um, a C match um, yeah, it, it was alright, it didn't take my breath away uh, yes 
<laughs> yeah, a cool finisher can save most things if it's pulled off well enough. Uh, Sky versus Johnson. Um, well, once again, we're falling into the league of I know who's going to win in every match. So Once again, we had another thing where the side that lost didn't have any wins. Every time that the side that lost, they didn't have a single win on their you know scoreboard. So it's like, well, they're obviously losing, you know? Yeah, everybody in the Sky and Johnson was great. The amateur uh, wrestling was fantastic in Lee, and Lee Johnson versus Sky, but SEU always make their opponents look good. So, you know. Yeah. Sky is a thing of graceful beauty, and I love him. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, I said we're kind of notes low. I was just a bit uninspired. Um, um, I think I am quite pleased about it. I like this storyline they're doing with SCU where Daniels and Kaz are going to be the tag team and Sky is going to be the singles guy. Yeah, um, they mentioned it twice, and I really like that. Uh, it is a good way to split them up. Uh, uh, then we had Luther Serpentico and Max Casa versus Jurassic Express. Any, anybody want to bet who won this match? Uh, I did write down which jobber eats the pin. <laughs> um, and I guessed right at the start, because I think Serpentico is going to get a, a push. Uh, I still don't like Strong Marco. I think Strong Marco takes away everything from his character. Yes, um, completely so. I, I, I'm really starting to like Luther, and not because of his wrestling or anything, just because I laugh constantly when he gets in the ring. Like, when he first got in the ring and started showing, did you hear Austin just go, at him from this side of the crowd? <laughs> it's Austin. You can always hear him, wherever he is. Um, you little slut, obviously. Um, <laughs> he tried to save it midway. It was too late. What? Uh, him screaming, you don't know me. I, 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 it's like Poe's Law. I don't know if he's meant to be hilarious, but I am laughing every time he does anything in the ring. He's uh, almost like this sad clown that's trying his best to like put on a performance and people are just laughing at him, you know? It's... It's it's really fucking getting to me. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the three man choke slam was pretty funny. The match, meh, it was all right. But I, I don't know. It's just growing on me from sheer comedy. It's like Taz's sports sections. Yes. I don't I don't know if it's serious or not, but I'm taking it as humor, and it makes me laugh. So, um, one thing I found interesting in this was the Serpentico, and um, oh. Brain's just gone blank. Luther. Uh, Luther. Luther? Luther, yeah. Yeah, Luther. I'm sitting there going, Lex. It's not Lex. It's no, not it's Lex. He's from um, Lars. <laughs> Lex Luther. Um, it's my superhero brain kicking in. Um, uh, Luther and Serpentico wandering off together. That that screams to me, oh, are we getting a new stable or a new tag team um, together? Um, I'd guess the stable. Luther will probably manage. He's a bit old. He can still pull off some power moves, like, but he's not really going, is he? Mm. So, um, yeah, that was a overall. What did you think, Dark? Overall score? We still got Avalon versus oh, Orange Cassidy. Yes, yes. I know. So, what do you think of that? Uh, well, my first comment was, I hope Brandon comes out when Avalon loses. Uh, classic match. Yeah. Uh, Avalon's final buckle fucking sell is ludicrous. OC's punch is great. Like, it wasn't a mind-blowing match, but it was... Both of them are great. The slide out the ring to to lean coolly up against... Uh, Lever Bates, yes. Yeah, is it is it just me? Or is Orange Cassidy's Superman punch better than Roman Reigns's? And I 100%. think Roman Reigns's is good. 
hundred percent. Don't yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm not no. d- doing the diss on Reigns. I, I like Reigns' Superman punch, but Cassidy's he's like really nice. He's so high and so fast with it, and like he probably pulls back afterwards, so it looks like he's made an impact. Also, he doesn't wank his arm off before he does it. So yes, Reigns was always better when it came out of nowhere. Yeah, man. So yeah, overall dark score. Uh, well, there's, there's a lot you can skip. There is a lot you could skip, but there is some all right matches in there. See, like I yeah. still think you'd do better with half the matches and put on some minor promos. You know, you wouldn't even have to put any production value into those promos. Just have them going, "Girl, I hate that man." You, you could have had a, a low mid dark order promo and the TH2 promo in there. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. That would have given us a bit more pacing and we could have understood some things, but no. Because wrestling's a bit of an existential nightmare when you just have continuous wrestling with no story. Yes. Yes. So yeah, just moving on from Dark, and yeah, I agree, I, th- I think, Lucy. Moving on from Dark, we move on to Dynamite. As usual, Ross, Shivani, and Excalibur on commentary. And we open with the Lumberjack match. Wardlow with MJF versus Luchasaurus with Marco and Jungle Boy. Wardlow wins with the F10 after a low blow. What did you think of the match and what score did you give it, Mr. Strange, to you first? Well, I'm working on the principle that, yeah, we all know that Lumberjack matches are largely normally shit. Um and this actually wasn't the crowd. The Lumberjacks actually had appropriate roles. The best friends were dressed as Lumberjacks. Um, the match wasn't as smooth as it could be. I don't think those two were particularly great against each other. Wardlow's Tierra slash Huracarana came out of fucking nowhere. And he threw Marco so high. Um, as excited as I got about Luchasaurus's shooting star press, they should have kept the camera away. Because what I hate wobbly dances where people stand around too much to receive a move. And he did like the double take thing. And they were like, 15 people stood there just going, ooh, quite It obvious. was the most wobbly dance of all wobbly dances. If the camera had been slightly up so we couldn't see them all there, um, maybe I'd have not hated it too much. Um, I don't... Th- it had a funky ending, and I don't think it needed a funky ending. I think if you showed Wardlow as being able to win on his own, it would make it more believable with mjf being like you know sucky uppy manipulative to wardlow and make wardlow more of a threat when he turns on mjf uh i know i just didn't get into it too much it was fine like a lot of it, it was good even but i don't think i can give it above a c i don't think the flair and additional stuff added more than it took away from the wrestling mr. in my opinion mr Mio? uh as a wardlow mark since he's turned up that Strange can comment on. I was always like, ooh, look, Wardlow's here. Um, he, he's real good, and I think, like Strange said, that he they missed a huge mark of letting Wardlow go over clean and strong. Luchasaurus doesn't matter if he takes a loss. Everyone's gonna love him. But putting Wardlow on that stage of going, oh, he just beats Luchasaurus clean, would make it... Why does MJF keep him around if he has to save him? Like, and Jeff isn't that type of character that's going to, you know, take on weakness to look after it. He will only exploit people. So why does he have this character he has to help win? Yeah, um, 
the, the Raptor didn't like the low blow. I didn't care about it, to be honest, because it was standard heel work. But I think you were, all you needed was the distraction from MJF. The distraction yeah, was exactly. enough. And then Wardlow could have slipped onto the F10 and then that would have been done. Um, yeah, I, I gave it a C. Well, I'm glad we agreed because I was a bit worried that, you know, I'd underhyped it. I gave your... it a B myself, but I thought it was a really good Hoss match because, you know, for what it is, it's two big men going at it. I think it was a really good showing of two big men going at it, you know, but that's uh, I'm not one over. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going okay. against you on this one. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, next, we have Taz Techniques promo, uh, and he's no longer drawing in crayon. Uh, oh. <laughs> what did you think and did you think it deserved a rank in rank it i'm not feeling it taz taz with like planned moments where he's trying to say things specifically he loses that natural like brooklyn shit talky flow and, and i don't think it's funny anymore because it's being sold properly i think it was more of when it was just a gimmick of him just screaming basically down the mic when they're when he's out they go oh look at him do this and this and this was a lot better i think putting it into a segment doesn't help it but you know uh so following that we had hikaru shida versus red velvet uh i just want to say quickly that dasher introduces shida better than justin and i think justin is awesome at introducing people but <laughs> I, I love the way that dasher introduces hikaru shida uh shida wins with the falcon arrow uh wasn't really a match <laughs> more of a segment after that shida attacks ford uh I didn't give it a D because I didn't rank it. I sort of treated it a bit like last week's match with the Baden, where it was Our more about the day. It was you. a story. This is an S tier match. I have to give it an S tier. <laughs> I'm sorry, boys. She comes in, knees him, does the deed, and Eel. gets the pen. What more do you want from a match? <laughs> she did, in fact, do the deed because uh, no one kicks out the Falcon Arrow. Yeah, I'm with you, Morg. Uh, yes, not no. really a match. No. More of a section. I enjoyed it. Um, was that our only women's match? Yes. That is Oof. a problem. Yeah. I didn't think uh, of she, that at the time, no. She uh, looked strong. I'm a little bit sad that we didn't see more of Red Velvet because after I realised she was a cake, my life has just improved. Uh, <laughs> it makes me laugh so much. Uh, yeah, not really. Good moment. I'm glad she looked badass. Uh, I hate squash matches. Like, like a C moment of the show, I'd say, but a terrible match. 100% agree, jokes aside. Yeah. I think it was a C for the segment in total. Though though we did notice that, is it Ricky Starks is the most gentlemanly man at, at holding a Oh, mate, back. those hobber hands were so powerful. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong, it's the correct climate, etc. But I think, you know, when you're wrestling and in a show, grabbing somebody and pulling them back, you know, occasionally you're going to grab somebody in an uncomfortable place or put some, your hand somewhere. He did not. His his hands were at 90 degrees to his wrists. He was like the ultimate power in consensual grappling. It was a fair play, Ricky Starks. You could laugh. <laughs> Two-inch hover hand rules. So, uh, following on from that, we had the Cody and Hager press conference. What did you think of it, and did you give it a ranking? I did rank this. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was expecting Joke to uh, Jake to show up on a screen, beating somebody up. Uh, I, why is Dustin in makeup? 
Uh, it got was a bit Ali longer. There? Why was Ali there? Um, QT wasn't. A bit weird and slow for me. And I was like, is it trying to be sporty? And then he. It's trying to be there. UFC, mate. It's uh, a USC it, prep conference, basically. Uh, all of the other like comments I've read on it is, is that you can tell it's a Cody bit, and that's the kind of stuff he likes. Um, yeah, I was bored, and I thought it was boring, and I thought it went on for too long, and I don't think anybody looked badass, and I gave it a D. Fuck that section. It did nothing for me. It was just like, oh, we want to be the USC. Oh, look at Jake being angry. Oh, look at him not turning up, you know. Eh, D for me. I, I didn't even bother ranking it. <laughs> that, that's the biggest <laughs> ranking of them all. This doesn't deserve ranking. Um, Boo! Bond's bit was okay, and then it ended with Jake's wife chucking a glass of water in Cody's face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, wow, Jake look at it go. And Jake dumped his water on the floor. <gasps> so evil. Oh, How will wow. Cody get over that? Yeah. Have to hire someone is... to mop that. So, um, moving on yeah. from that segment, we moved on to a different segment. It was the second part of Sonny and Janella's video promo. The only words I have written here are very lucha underground what did you guys think of this and did you give this a rank first of all uh, i i've got to oh go on muir you've uh, you're ready why was joey drinking and driving oh shit that's my first comment <laughs> <laughs> last week she picked uh, she he sonny uses both i've checked this uh picked up joey from the bar he said he'd been drinking three minutes later he lets him drive it's not okay <laughs> They do live in a neutral underground world, though, which brings great joy to my shriveled heart. Because I love it when yeah. random men just jump you and you need to fight yeah. them off. <laughs> I don't think it was as good as the original Wardlow one where we saw him fight some people in the streets. And yeah. I don't think it was quite up there with random lucha underground people being in military paramilitary scenes or beating up luchadors who ride around in biker gangs. But it's right. in the right direction. So... If it was in, like, Lucha Underground, I'd give it a C as, like, standard section. But I'm going to give it a B for hope. Hope that we get more of this. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. All the way that I was like this, like, Lucha Underground. So, next, we have a match, which is Sonny and Janela versus Colt and Brody Lee. Colt and Brody win after Brody hits the discus lariat. Lance Archer comes out afterward and attacks Sonny and Janela. What did you think of the match and what score did you give it? Can I uh, just ask, when did Colt Cabana lose all his stats? Did he like die a few times and go down some negative levels or something? Because he's got become... it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he used yeah. to be, you know, he used to be just above top card. You know, and now he's like jobber that needs help from everyone to save him. Where did he lose all his stats? Uh, I think there's there's just many issues with this match, and yeah. like I got excited about the storyline because if you look at it, the cold storyline is mirroring the Joey Sunday line okay. uh, storyline. They've both fallen down from being top card players, whereas Joey has got Sunny as a friend who will help him get wins and such like. Whereas Colt has got Evil Brody. So I'm down with this, um, but yeah, my note, my notes do not like please this. That Hurricanrana was bad is my first note, and I don't even remember who did it. 
Uh, then we had the picture-in-picture picture, uh, feed fail. So the match could have been good during that part. It sounded great. Uh, Brody was giving actual advice. That was nice. But there were just so many wobbly dances. It doesn't wasn't very smooth. Brody seemed slow and clumsy. And his hip, his health bar's gone well down since his mocks match. Like, he got thrown out of the ring a couple of times and was down for ages. It was Dark not... Souls 2 did, where half his HP bars just disappeared. Yeah, it was not the match I hoped for. I think it was clumsy. Although the story ending was fine. I predicted that story ending of Brody does something and gives the pin to Colt. And I think they showed the Dark Order like um, John Silver and that holding up Colt's hand and giving him some claps. I think that was all very good storytelling to show how the Dark Order actually win people over. But the match was tossed and I gave it a D. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, I know. Uh, Mr. Muir, what rank did you give it? I also gave it a very low C. I was clawing at trying to not give it a D, basically. Now, I really enjoyed this match, apart from the picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause I love Colt Cabana. Um, I really like Brody Lee, but I feel like they've been done a disservice here. What do you think, then, more? Give us a bit. I, I, see, now, I think that I'm, I'm being biased because I really like Sonny and Joey as a team. I'm, I, there's a lot of stuff I'm really enjoying about that, and it's an interesting. And I think the, the high of the Lucha Underground promo beforehand um, sent me into the match on a more of a high. So, yeah, I gave it, it was a low, but I gave it a low B. Um, I enjoyed Jesus. quite a lot of it. I quite enjoyed the storytelling overall, the bits like um, Brody giving the um, the pin to Colt that you mentioned, um, the fact that Joey and Sonny were on the ball. I know that Brody kept getting knocked out a lot, but I don't care about that because it was, to me, it was because Joey and Sonny were on the ball and knew they had to keep taking him out of the way and that's how i read into the story so yeah i gave it a low b uh, are we going to agree that it's it's a c on average yeah it's got to be a c then between yeah, us hasn't it? got we've got one of each uh i will say though that lance came and go i really popped for and when when he just no sold that chair shot to the face i properly laughed i it was, was like that is- <laughs> uh, I st- lance is there 98 cane and i love him I still want to know what a murder hawk is. Someone needs to explain what a murder hawk is. I believe it's his haircut. Uh, okay. Yeah. It, it, yes, it's his haircut. Ah, so, okay. That's good to know. Moving on. Uh, SCU versus FTR. Um, just the match itself at the moment. Um, FTR win with the Goodnight Express, which I believe is the new name for the Shatter Machine. Uh, what did you think of the match? What score yeah. did you give it? My first comment is, and I stick by this, why are FTR always late? Why can't they turn up on time? They say that these professional wrestlers <laughs> who are going, oh, we make the tag team look good. All these other people are, are rubbish. They don't use the ropes and all that stuff. But they never turn up on time to their matches. They're always in their car just before it. Why? Oh, oh they're not that late. They're not Tessa Blanchard late, are they? <laughs> Come on. Still make it work. Like, if you get fired for repeatedly being an asshole in your company, I can joke about it. Uh, yes. This this match was fucking wicked. Uh, I think my first biggest pop was the 
The camera cut away when Daniels tagged in and it cut back to him. And he was like six feet in the air doing a single leg lariat to, I, I don't know the boys, the FTR boys' names individually yet. I think it was Dax, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, the, their strikes are phenomenal. Like uh, I was worried I wasn't going to be as won over by FTR as this like old school WWE team that everybody seemed to love. I, I came in with my normal jadedness. This match was wicked. I love slingshot moves. Um, they, they almost crossed my kickout limit, almost, uh, and then they didn't. The Kaz catch into the spine buster was ace. It was just a fucking awesome match. I didn't look away. I got really excited. I gave it an A on raw wrestling ability, which we've not had since Trent versus Kenny Omega. Um, I think it, you also need to look at this match where they had under a week of preparation for this. Let's be completely yes, honest here. We know that this wasn't the match that was meant to happen, and it was a thing of beauty. So it was gorgeous. I really enjoyed this. Like. It was just beautiful to actually see the revival. Well, FTR, sorry, to see them happy and look like they're enjoying their work after all the shit that they ate at WWE. You know, I think it's fantastic, and I gave it an A also. What do you think, more? Because you're the so, fan um, of them. I, I like FTR. Um, there, um, I, I think I've got to say, I know that you said um, old school WWE. Uh, no, I think their their gimmick is further back than that they they are old school traditional rattling. tag team wrestling yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah i mean we're talking more the old sort of uh, the territories um i gave it a b plus high b plus the only thing i marked it down on was not the fault of the wrestlers so i'm quite happy to say it's an a because i just marked it down because of the picture in picture not working and it just broke the matchup for me yeah i can see that um but everything that we saw was fantastic i put b plus but should be an a and i'm happy to to say no it's an a um you have to give it an a you can't yeah. really blame amy aw's constant technical issues on the wrestlers so after that we had an ftr in-ring promo at which point butcher and the blade are in ftr's truck and the raptor didn't notice but I noticed when the camera panned back, an FTR are standing in the ring, and behind them, yes, <laughs> my boys, are the Lucha Brothers. At which point, I was very, very happy. Um, and Young Bucks coming in to make the save. What did you think of the after-match segment? And did you think it deserved a score? Uh, I didn't rate it, but I had a great time. Uh, it's nice to see that the uh, Blades actually got some good promo game on him. Like, his shouting was good. Uh, Butcher was at his most beautiful. God, he's beautiful. He's full Dr. Robotnik. And I love the threat of, I'll have the Butcher tear your truck in half. I thought that was <laughs> phenomenal. It was beautiful. I, I like their new white T-shirt look. Um, obviously, they're the least powerful tag team going into this. But in all honesty, they'll... Uh, if they can pull off a match with the four teams teased, then it will be amazing. Uh, Pentagon shouting, woo, as they sped off, made me laugh. Uh, I'm so happy to see them back. It's such uh, a shit tier heel group, and I love it. It's just like a load of assholes, you know. They're just scummy people, you know, as much as I love them. I just love that as an evil tag team. They're not like awful people. They're just not nice, you know. Uh, so yeah, I'm down with, and I'm excited for the War of the Assisted Pile Driver. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it peace. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely great. Um, then next we had Best Friends and Omega and Hangman video promo. What did you think of the video promo and did you give it a rank? Uh, I think it was wicked. I think it showed both characters well. It showed the cracks in Kenny and uh, Hangman's team, you know, with them working down from how good friends they are to, well, maybe we're not best friends. Uh, the best friends with the fucking meta shit as well. We've been through a lot of stuff. Like what? Uh, I'm going to kick the fuck out of them from Trent. Uh, <laughs> I had a great, I had a great time. I think it showed both sets of characters perfectly. And because I drop everything, uh, best friends down a rank, I gave it a B. Uh, and I would recommend anybody who's going to watch the next um, pay-per-view uh, watch that promo package because it got both teams across really well. I think it'll be on before the, the start of the Fighter Fest bit. I think they'll replay it during that because I think it was a perfect build for both of them. It showed what both of these characters are about. I think it carries on with how the tag team division is just the best division. It's the best book, best storytelling, best everything to do with AEW. And I think it just keeps going on with that, and I give it a high B myself. What do you think, Morg? Uh, I thought it was brilliant. I thought, yeah, it was good. Um I really enjoyed it. I I don't think there's anything left to be said from what you two have already no, said. It's it just was, a really good promo really, package. I, I'm a sucker for a good sort of um, hype promo package anyway. We all are. So, yeah. Uh, after that, we had a Mox and Cage video promo, a very similar type of thing. Uh, I quite enjoyed it. What did you guys think? It was good. It was just sort of a recap over the things we've seen and stuff. Um, I've not really made many more comments than he's so hench, he's just a cube. I assume that's Mr. Brian Cage there. (laughs) I don't care about this feud that much, but, you know, I think it's a good build. It's going to go... I will will care if Cage wins, because that will uh, blow my mind, basically. I think that would be the best thing they could do with it to make it interesting, but I don't think they will, because I don't think Cage has the drawing power in brackets there to you know hold the main belt but i think he'd be a fantastic superhero just taking the belt you know age was very big in impact yeah very um, big in impact. at the end of the day though uh that's a bit like um the old rock and roll thing well we're we're big in japan um yeah fair. it's impact is very much a, a, a small fish um now uh, not john moxley let's be honest here as much as i am a detractor of john moxley uh, yeah, most of he, the time he's still a star. Yeah, you know. he he was a, a a member of the Shield. He yeah. was he is a big star. Um, it's much like Jericho. I think the next person to take it is somebody you've built up within the company, and I think it's MJF or Hangman. Yeah, I, I, it's always one of those two. Yeah, I don't think Cage is ready. I think Cage could be ready with crowds, <laughs> so we can see how people react to him because there is a strong possibility that he is a good contender to become the badass monster face and win it that way, overcoming somebody like Lance I'd love Archer to see him winning face. it. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to be a face. Um, yeah. Because we're, we're obviously about to move into Cage versus Cruz, uh, yeah. which, which we can just call it, which we can pretty much just put down as an exhibition of Cage's moves. But the promo afterwards, uh, well, yeah, the, the ring work of Taz, with like uh, Taz being like, do you see him, Bry, and calling him Bry, and like him waving, little Cage wobbling his head about with his raised eyebrow and his really happy-looking, genuine, nice guy face. 
He's too happy to be a mega heel. He's just too cheerful. Overall, I gave the like cheerful calling him out section a B just because it made me laugh. Because he's so happy looking. So uh, I will actually pass back to like you know you organizing the show and stuff as opposed to just going cage versus cruise wasn't a match but the promo work was good. yeah it was cage versus cage with taz versus joe cruise cage wins with the drill claw uh and then taz does an in-ring promo uh i gave it a d because it was a squash match but yep. yeah uh, yeah what do we feel about the using the covid you you can't be here because of covid making you look weak angle always use it it's a thing to use yeah. no, no no i was just wondering what you guys thought about it come on I think they were very clever in not mentioning. It's a good heel. It's it's a yeah. very good heel thing. We all know why he can't be there. He can't be there because he's actually protecting the rest of you. And especially yeah. people like you, Taz, who are probably, for as much as you're still in fairly good shape, you know. You know no, you're, 100%. He's yeah. you're, you're an, an older, older star. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an old school heel move. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. It just made Taz look like a dick. Taz is the yeah. heel in this. He needs to look like a dick. Exactly that. that. Perfect. Uh, after that, we had Brody Lee and Colt promo. Uh, I'm really excited over this. Um, not because it's particularly inspiring or leading, just because I think it ties into their story really well. We know he came in as SCU's friend. He, sh- he looked confused. Uh, I think it'll be nice. I think it'll tie into a story. Not really long enough to rank, but I think it's going places and I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm I'm much the same, uh, Mr. Muir. I think that it's very similar. You know, it's just it's a good way to end off this arc with them both to see where they're going to go. I think it'll be the ending point of this story we cult with the Dark Order and the SEU involved with them as well. So we'll see how it goes. I imagine that it's going to be cult betraying the Dark Order to help SEU win the match. Yeah. So uh, after that, we had a rubbish segment with Britt Baker and Big Swole. This is, <laughs> my note was, this is attitude era shit, and I love it. <laughs> what did you think? Um, I might be the guy who brings this down a little bit. I'm afraid so. Obviously, it's good. It's fun. We're enjoying yeah, Britt yeah, and yeah. Swole, but I don't want the same joke every week. No, like, ah, Britt is now in rubbish again, and yeah. Swole will get a... I, d- I don't want it becoming like a roadrunner section. You know what I mean? What will happen? Yeah. But yeah, good times. I'm having a good time. Vary it up a bit in the future, boys. Uh, so following that, we had Santana with Ortiz versus Broken Matt. Matt wins with a roll-up. And then Ortiz and Santana beat down Matt. Private party come to make the save. What did you think of the match? What score did you give it? Uh, so I picked up on the fact that they were calling this on the fly, and I, I'm not 100% they're calling this on the fly, but I saw a lot of talking between them, especially after Santana did that cool pull into the rope to pull uh, Irish whip Matt into the corner, but then do a drop toe hold and slap Matt on his face. But I don't think that was meant to be on the move because the next two things I saw Santana was him asking Matt if he's okay. And then I could see mouth movement, which isn't bad, but there was... It wasn't the best match. It was solid throughout. It was just a good match. Uh, there was the obvious private party save I wrote down. Um, knowing from a, how much I enjoyed it, I'd give it a C. It's obvious they fought against each other in TNA slash Impact. It's obvious they know each other. Um, 
just wasn't quite as good as it would have been with, say, a practice match. So from a personal, just like watching it, a C, from the fact they were calling it on the fly, I'd actually pull it up to a B in my own like mindset just because of their playboys, you know. That's my opinion. I think it was a very awkward match. It, it just felt unsmooth, but then you know that it was calling on the fly, like you said before. So it's it's a very hard one for me to judge because if this was a match in its you know own separate world and this had been planned, I would be very critical on it. But I've got to give it a C just for you know well played. They went out there and did their best with the situation they had. So. I didn't get much from it. Ortiz is still my favourite part of The Proud and the Powerful by far. Oh, he's wonderful. Yeah. He's beautiful. But otherwise... Um, go on, sorry. Uh, nothing much more. It's just otherwise I just wasn't feeling it, but that could just be me at the end of the day. What do you think, Morg? Uh, so I really enjoyed this match. Um, okay. I was about to upgrade it because of you mentioning about the noticing that they, I didn't happen to notice, but I was watching the match. Um I really enjoyed it. I thought they worked well together. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I, I think it's in, had this match been this match with, from what you were just saying, Muir, about had this match, I don't think we'd have got this match if they'd had a week to prepare. No, oh, no, actually, no 100%. If that not. makes sense. Yes. Now, I gave it, again, Another. it's another one where I gave a low B to um, because I because I quite enjoyed it. Um, a lot of stuff went on. Uh, it was an enjoyable match. Um, yes, I can also see what you mean. I, I think we call it on the fly. What, what, what is our consensus of opinion? Are we going to say C? I think that oh, yeah. we should push it up because I'm the only one that's given it a C here and both of you being on low Bs. So I think we no, should... No, no. My, my, mine was high C. It would be a B if... Uh, ah, okay. It's a B on calling it this. But I, I think we can... I think we can give them a B out of, like, you know, fair play, boys. You pulled it out. Uh, even that, No, it's got to be a C. It's got to be a C by my very categories. Yeah. It wasn't. Yep. It was a good match, and the story was sort of invented. Shit. I'm about to play by my own rules. No, Sorry, Morg. No, that's, <laughs> fair. that's fair. Um, I'm the judge of ranks now. Yes. And following on from that, we had Orange Cassidy and Jericho face off. So what did you think of this, and did you give it a score? Jericho hey, with the hard truths there about the chicken and the road bit about OC, wasn't it? The full meta commentary of everything people say in yeah. uh, all the criticism he got online, Jericho used in that promo, and he still put him over and said, you've done it yourself. He's just fucking phenomenal. And then... You know, you do that kicks to me, I'm going to break your fucking teeth. And he does the kicks, and it went full dubsy-dub. Uh, pretty sure Cassidy tore the same ear he tore last time, because he was bleeding from that ear last week as well. Uh, it went on a bit long for me at times, and a bit of it looked a bit awkward on some of the steps and stuff. But then he Superman punched him through a table, and it was great, and a screen fell on him. So I gave it a B. I think it was good. It wasn't quite the regular... Fucking phenomenal one at the top because of uh, just a bit of awkwardness walking up and down the stages. Probably shouldn't have gone into the not crowd, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, B. It was a really good moment. I had a good time. I just don't. I think it was just a little bit slow and awkward to be a full A moment. I don't think it needs going into the crowd. I think it could have ended with the spot at the edge of the table of him going edge of the ring of him going through a table. 
Uh, it just shows that Orange Cassidy is now considered, you know, top draw, seeing as he's booked at the end of the show. You know, yes, to take out the show. So shows how much faith they have in him. But the numbers don't lie. He draws. So, you know, yeah. stops all crotchety on men going on about him, doesn't it? Well, it doesn't, but, you know. Yeah, but screw you. He's 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 making your one rule. Your one rule is such and such, never drew a dime. Can he draw? Yeah, yeah. and he can draw. People are watching. Uh, overall, then, what are we thinking? A C? Yeah, I think it's a C of a show. It, it, it yeah. basically goes up and down a little bit, and there's a lot of very subjective. I've noticed we're all a bit different on a few matches in this one, which think, is kind of cool, if I'm honest. I think, as Morg pointed out earlier in it, only having one match in the most, you know, loosest of brackets for the female league after they've been building it up so well the last few shows, I think is kind of very damning, almost, like... They picked the ball up and they were running with it and then they just fall flat on their face, you know? Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's like they didn't yeah. have anything for the women to do other than prep for their fighter fest matches. Yeah. Which isn't good. So, so yeah, C of a show. Possibly a high C. Yeah, we've yeah. Got, we don't have any Ds, but we do have a couple of A's and B's. So like a high C, but you could probably skip bits of this show. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, if we come to our usual rest, um, questions, and again, we have questions this week from Facebook. Mr. Wade, a friend of ours, uh, has a couple of things he's asked us about. Uh, I'm going to read what he's written, and then we'll just um, pick our bits out of it. Some of it we have already covered. Uh, what do you think about the craziness that yeah. is happening in the world of wrestling regarding the top TNA champion being fired this morning? Also, the it's Sammy impact. Yes, sorry, it is impact. Also, it's not been TNA for about a decade. <laughs> also, the Sammy Guevara news, let alone the news that AEW may have to shut down for good if they have to stop making shows, and the dozen or so individuals that have tested positive for COVID nineteen at WWE. Seriously, crazy week in wrestling news. Um, so, yeah, what do you guys think about these general sort of these points? Okay. okay. Uh, Impact, Tessa Blanchard has, uh, she had racism allegations last year anyway. Uh, she was asked to do some matches. They said, uh, she said no due to cor uh, Corona. And they were like, cool, no worries. Could you cut some promos for us and video those? She said yes, and then just didn't do them. And it looks like she's been sort of Shawn michaels in herself for a while in Impact, but without, you know, being Shawn Michaels. Not having the clout of a Shawn Michaels or the skill yeah, of it. Um, she deserves to lose her job, as far as I'm concerned. I know it sounds horrible, but not turning up to the matches because you're scared of COVID, 100%. She can do that. That's 100% fine, and she shouldn't have lost the belt for that. Not being bothered to do the promos that they asked her to do. That's just shoddy. I, I've in, got to say any working class job, and most yeah. ones I've been in, from chef to waiter to decorator, if you don't show up to work, people sack you. Yeah. Just saying. I mean, so, fuck There's no excuse for it unless anything else comes out later, which it may do. But as far as I'm concerned, with the information we have, she deserves to be sacked. She didn't do her job, and they need to keep that belt, you know, in prominence. It is their main belt, and she's doing nothing with it and giving them nothing to work with. What do you think, Mark? Um, 
so the, what I'd heard was basically uh, they couldn't come to terms. So this is interesting because I'd heard different things because the Raptor did the research on this for me. Okay. Um, not for okay. me. She just happened to be reading yeah, about yeah. it and um, Tom about it. Was, it was more fact they couldn't come to terms. And so because she wouldn't have chance to drop the belt, um, the firing is partially real, partially angle. Um, or certainly the impression I got from okay. what um, the Raptor looked up was it's a bit a bit half and half. They couldn't come to terms over contract. Um, so it's partially real, partially um, angle in that obviously if they fire her, they can now go, right, well, the belt's up for grabs. Yeah, fair. I mean, from what I hear, she's not a great person, but she is quite young and has been pushed hard in the wrestling business, which doesn't excuse her, but does explain where she is. And hopefully she'll grow out of it in a few years. Um, yeah, I mean, another thing that the Raptor said, that's the, all the allegations that came against her did come out the night after she won their world champion, you know, the best night of her life in wrestling. Yeah. Nobody would mentioned anything before, which... I, I I don't know. I'm not going to take any sides or say anything about it. That's just what she said. I have read some of the things that she was accused of. Um, I'm I not... will do some more of a research. How does yeah. that sound? Yeah. Um, she is only 24, if I remember correctly. So, you know, she's very young. So you, I think she'll grow into herself a bit more, you know, with time. I think it's just the, you know... Being right. pushed to that top at that age is very hard. But, yeah, let's carry on. But in, 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 our, in our classic way, more on that later. More on that later. Um, um, Sammy. Do you want to actually discuss some of the other parts of Sammy, or would you rather just leave it at what we left in the news? Uh, well, uh, as I said earlier, I will not give my personal opinions on this, but seeing as I have been directly invited to, uh, I'm going to. So... Um, Four years ago on an edgy podcast, uh, Sammy said he, uh, not going to use hard words, said he wanted to basically sexually assault uh, Sasha Banks. Um, essentially, from what I can tell, obviously you should never say these sort of things, uh, especially, in fact, you should just never say these sort of things. No. Uh, Sammy was a younger lad on an edgelord podcast, basically. This was four years ago. Since then, Sammy has uh, been shown to call up people's kids when they're sad and like have lost family members or are not struggling with COVID. Not not for paid promos or anything. Just calls them up and records them like three minute videos and sends the thing. People who've lost parents, people with learning difficulties who aren't dealing with lockdown, does it out the good of his own heart. Uh, we saw when he put up his apology video, he demonetized it and took off ads before anybody had said anything. So he was not looking to make any money from it. Uh, also, the person who leaked the video of him uh, being on the edgy podcast video in that specific section was the guy who hosted that podcast, who dug it out and uh, put it up because now Sammy's big. He's not interacting with them and has tried to distance himself from basically this shitty edgelord douchebag podcast. Sadly, we live in the world where, um, because people are still calling for Sammy to be fired, would you believe it? We live in this world where people want instant fucking punishment for things you've done in the past or things you've said. They instantly want you taken down, but we never offer a route for redemption. And that pisses me off. Um, unless it's somebody we care about. Oh, no, we can't not have James Gunn, who made paedophile jokes, making Disney fucking Marvel films. We like that. We like... 
We like social fucking thing we've been rammed down our throats for. But God help that this one lad who, when he was 22, trying to be cool, said something edgy on the internet. None of us have clean past. None of us have not made off-colour jokes or shit in the past. The thing is, we try to move past it and become better people. And Sammy looks like he's moved past it and is becoming a better person. And has become a better person. And yeah, AEW has suspended him, taking his wages, putting it to a women's charity, and uh, sending him to sensitivity training. Great. Cool. Do that thing. Get your correct... Whether you believe he actually needs this training and hasn't grown or whether you're doing it to keep the rabid Twitter hordes fucking sedate, whatever, it's the right move, good work company. Uh, I was going to say, it's interesting you bring up, because I was going to use James Gunn as an exact example of exactly the same thing. James Gunn, when he made those jokes, he said himself afterwards he should never have made them. They were in poor taste. He was just trying to be... His his actual words were, I was just trying to be an edgelord. I was just... I, I, I regret them. And it's exactly the same thing. And a lot of people went to bat for him in the same way and went, look, this is something he said when he was younger. He just said it to try and be edgy. Uh, it's a dumbass thing to say. You need to get a slap on, you know, you need a slap for it because you do. You need, to, you need to be called out on your shit sometimes. Um, most, most people who know me know I used to be a spicy fucking edgelord when I was younger, drunker, strange. But, you know, I've grown better since then and I've apologised to people for the douchebag I used to be. Um, you can't destroy a 24, 25-year-old's career because of something he said four years ago that he's quite clearly been better from. We've seen him hanging out with... Sonny and Nyla and a bunch of different people. He's obviously very progressive, very aware, very nice man who seems to have a lot of friends. I think it comes down to can a person grow? And if you say that a human being can never change, then, you know, what's the point of jail? What's the point of anything that, you know, tries to correct people's errors? Can we not change as a person? You know, he has to have the chance to develop you know, take the lumps. He needs to take the lumps for his actions because otherwise there'll be no way of moving past this for him. But then he'll grow as a person. I think it's the best thing that could happen to him. Just get out the way, do the sensitivity training, learn what you should from it and move on with your life. I think we're all agreed then, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Most of us have been twats in the past. 100%. Yeah, yeah that's, that's to be honest, that is, you know, he's... Um, it was the f- now so uh, just to give another point of view the raptor mentioned this and the particular i obviously i haven't gone into it on a deep scale of of what he said but um certain things that the raptor finds particularly unpleasant and her first response was he is not the same person he was then that was something he said when he was pretty much a kid he's not you know and, and even she was was um, Ruth said similar yeah and he's a very adult to just go and talk to Sasha as well. I think Straight that was very away. adult thing just to go, you know, discuss it with her, which I think is, you know, yeah. and shows uh, growth. Other members of the AEW roster here who he thought he might have upset or hurt, he yeah. called himself. So um, moving on from that, uh, the news that AEW may have to shut down for good if they have to stop making shows. Oh, please, they won't. They were booking a second show. They've made uh, projections well over anything they can. If it comes to a financial problem, I'm sure Tony will turn around and go, yo, dad, can you prop me up for a few months? Uh, Because we were making big dollar bills and the toys are coming out. And the head Shad Khan will be like, yes, son, take some of my excessive wealth that could buy Vince McMahon. 
take yeah. some on your show for a little bit. He's a boat in a boat, Rich. I think we need Thanks. to accept this. Boat in a boat, Rich. Yeah. yeah, Morg, do you know the term boat in a boat, Rich? Have we explained this to no. you? No. Um, so we were once discussing people who are rich, and we discovered boat rich, which is where you've got your own big boat. But then we saw a picture of a man who had a boat so big that a, a little hatch opened on the side and a smaller boat came out of his boat. So richer than boat rich is boat in a boat rich, and it's a rare miracle. So there we are. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much with you. I think this might be a little... Maybe there's been some sort of information of financials and there's a bit of concern. Um, you know, um, is it Shad Khan? Tony yes. Khan's dad, yeah. Shad Khan yeah. is, I just want to make sure I'm getting names right. Um, you know, yes, he is a businessman. He didn't make his money by investing in things that weren't going to make money, but he's probably also a, a proper businessman who knows, understands at the moment, at this precise time, things are a little bit tight. Has he sold um, Fulham? Yeah, has he sold Fulham FC or the Miami Jaguars, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars? If he hasn't sold those teams, it'll be okay. I'm yeah. just saying, like, if he's not selling other, you know, things that require they've gone completely into shutdown because of COVID, then why would he sell off AEW or make his son fail at his business? It just the WWE ain't closing. AEW ain't closing. That's how I see it myself. It's like if he's still willing to keep on things long sighted, like Fulham's not making money at the moment. The Jacksonville Jaguars aren't making money at the moment, but he's kept them. So why would he get rid of AEW? The interesting thing is, um, probably out of all three of them, is I mean, yes, we've got big money contracts, but is AEW possibly the one that's propping up the other two currently? Well, it's probably the only one. That, well, it's the only one that's still doing anything yeah. apart from merchandise sales. So you know, yeah. I'd say that it's the only one that's possibly making money out of the three. Yeah. And I'm buying a Pentagon figure when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, saying. I think we, we've already discussed the COVID-19 news. So if you'd like to get in touch and send us a message and ask us a question, give us something for a discussion or want us to book something for you, wrestleopinionated at gmail.com or you can put a message up on WrestleOP on Facebook every week. We have a post that goes up to discuss our production meeting is going on and that's the time to ask a question and we are WrestleOP1 on Twitter which I have written down wrong in the show notes. I've missed the one <laughs> off. <laughs> um, so moving on from that, Mr. Strange, Mr. Muir, it's over to you because rants this week we feel are maybe not a thing. Yeah, whilst the world is terrible, I will be avoiding being overtly negative uh, because, in all honesty, let's be honest, we all need some fogging positive news. So we are we are giving you a book on the fly again, Morg. Uh, I hope you're fucking ready this week. This one. Oh God, uh, the good one. We decided to uh, to pick and make your life easier, and we thought you'd have fun. Uh, the bad one is a combination of me and Muir just sort of sending back the first suggestion to make it better. So your your first one, your good one, is once again the Whammons. Uh, it's Rhea Ripley. There you go. A bit of Rhea Buckley for you. Your, uh, your challenge mode. <laughs> Can I set the scene for this one? Yeah, do it, because I'm laughing. Unfortunately, something terrible has happened. Oh, no. Tony Khan has had to sell 25% of the business. It's terrible times. It's all under trouble. But unfortunately... Kevin Nash has just bought those stocks and now owns 25% of the company. So he now wants a storyline where he's booked strong and you've got to try and book him strong without diminishing any of the other talent more. It's horrible. 
I know it's just happened, but that's where you're at. I love the big sexy, and I'm pleased with this combination. Uh, Are you you ready, Morg? Uh, Do you want your five-minute break again? Uh, Have you got something to fill the five-minute break? Yes, of course we have. We're ready. Then I think that you should have your moment with your five-minute break while I have a think on this one. All right. So, Nick. Yes. how, How do we get from fighter fest tag match between the best friends and hangman and kenny yeah who gentlemen of low moral fiber being reformed this is a hard one but a hard one you know the famous match i'm gonna have to explain to our listeners who the gentlemen of low moral uh, fiber are true back in chikara when that was a thing um, Kenny Omega and Chuck Taylor were in a tag team called the Gentlemen of Low Moral Fiber, where they would essentially wander around like a 1950s street gang of boys clicking their fingers at uh, El Generico and bullying him. Uh, they were they were the most basic of heels, and it was wonderful. So come on, tell me the story, Mule. Right, I'm thinking that we have to have a Bret Hart, Austin-style turn in the match at Fighter Fest for them to end up on the same team at the end of it as the heels. Okay, so who's turning? Who is the heart in this? Well, obviously the Hangman and then Trent would both be the hearts because they could be the WWE strong kind of lads in the AEW thing. While as obviously the gentlemen of ill repute need to be heels, so they would book out the end of the match being both the healy cowards out of it. I'm not sure how we're gonna get there yet, but we'll have to figure yeah. this one out. Well, Chucky e. T had a heel turn in New Japan, uh, in the Best Friends, where he started uh, because he just wanted to be good and just wanted to win because of these like losing streaks, but that's not gonna work in this because they've been winning, but we can still borrow their hint. Okay. They're having this fight, they've been winning their best shit off, and you know. They just can't put down uh, Hangman. He yeah. just can't be fucking beat. And maybe Hangman showed up Omega or something in this. So Chucky e. T just gets a chair and just kicks fuck out of him. They've never been tag team champions. They've never been at the top of the card. This is their yeah. point. Yeah. And they just can't beat this cowboy. So Chucky e. T just fucking snaps. Just starts wailing on the hangman. This, of course, will cause him to have his split up with Trent. Because Trent's cause... like, what are you doing? Yeah. Hey, yeah, you can't just do that. I just want us to win, man. I just yeah. want us to win. Yeah. How we get Omega to turn in this as well, I'm not sure. So I'm going to pass that back to you and pretend oh, I've... thanks. <laughs> right, okay. So we've seen that hangman... I'm sorry, Kenny has been the cleaner in the past. So I think... Seeing that action sets off a traumatic thing, sort of DDTS, where he just collapses in the ring and starts screaming while he sees him <laughs> being hit, and it just turns his character. When the camera comes back to him, he's dressed in the cleaner outfit and just joins, <laughs> stands up and joins. <laughs> Instantly. Yes. There's no character development. There's nothing. It's just a hard turn from him collapsing on the floor to turning back into the cleaner to I join the up. idea that he's holding a different chair and just joins in. Yes. <laughs> when he's back. <laughs> then they can look at Trent and be like, it's your turn now, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he only lost because of you. And they can exactly. hunt down uh, El Generico. <laughs> 
dragging back into AEW as El Generico. Man, just posters of him everywhere, which they yeah. could do. Actually, they'd they'd be legally allowed to do that. Yes, yes, they would. Oh, God. Book How it. you doing, Borg? How you doing? <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I well, I've I've been booking that along with you. <laughs> Uh, all right then, we're ready for you. Who are you going with first? Uh, so I again, once again, um, you find Kevin Nash easier? <laughs> uh, slightly. Okay. So, um, as we know, AEW is currently under a little bit of financial worry. Um, there's been some financial problems with AEW, and there is a new management. And uh, Tony Khan actually makes a very unusual um, appearance to say yes that, that there's going to be a new um, director of operations in uh, AEW. At which point, out comes Kevin Nash. Uh, comes out, shakes Tony Khan's hand, turns around and goes, there's going to be some changes around here. Things are going to be different. And he brings out the selection of heels that are going to be his, basically his supergroup, the guys he sees as possibilities for the future. These are people like Brian Cage, Wardlow, MJF, Lance Archer. Do you notice something similar about all these guys? They are all jacked to shit. It's all the big guys, all of them heels. Uh, they're going to create a new, a new order. He never uses, he doesn't use the W, but he says it's going to be a new order. Um, and he starts booking these guys as the guys. Um, he is the top dog in the car of the card. You know, his new group, they get favorable booking, uh, no matter what happens. This is probably going to be about a six-month storyline, and it is going to run from one pay-per-view to another. So probably got, let's say, we've got Fighter Fest in the middle, and it's going to run from double or nothing all the way through to all in. And our payoff uh-huh. will be at all in. Okay. Um, so during this time, you've got Kevin Nash and he can't go in the ring. So as much as he, you know, he needs to be booked strong, isn't going to happen. He can't actually physically wrestle. Um, I believe he actually can't wrestle anymore. But he's going to be. New legs. <laughs> Pardon. He's got new legs. He went to Mexico <laughs> and had calcium treatment. He's got new legs now. <laughs> Weirdly, so sorry. Carry on. I'll accept it. Um, so all the way through this, you've got this this A team, and he's not booking any of the smaller guys. So firstly, we need to choose who's going to be our um, underdog that's going to finally overcome all of this. And that is going to be Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He is our main baby face. We are keeping the elite away from this at the moment. We may even have Kevin Nash fire the elite, inverted commas. Yeah. Um, so this gives us Marco, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus isn't going to abandon the other two. And Jungle Boy, he's our main baby face to build up through this to come out the other end. Um, so first thing we're doing is Kevin Ma- Nash is going to book um, John Moxley. And he books John Moxley in a three-on-one handicap match for the title. The person who gets the pin takes the title. And the winner is is going to be Lance Archer. Okay. 
So and that's the first part of his thing. Then the next thing he does is he throws together his new main tag team, uh, which is Wardlow and MJF. And they take out, I'm very sorry, guys. They destroy the best friends. Yay! Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is important because they also you've got Orange Cassidy, who is our second tier babyface in this new stable of young up and comers. This the smaller guys, the vanilla midgets of vanilla midgets. I was going to say Kevin Nash's um, the opposing Kevin Nash vanilla midgets. Um, so we've got a storyline now with the best friends. The best friends are going to have the storyline of redemption all the way through. They are going to be the ones who win the titles back off the other two at the end of this story. So best nice. friends are set up. Um, Cody. Now we need to take Cody out. He's a member of the elite. Um, as much as um, he might be advantageous to be on the Kevin Nash team. Um, I kind of, I, I, I want to remove him and Brian Cage will be the one to dethrone him of the TNT championship. So we now have a heel stable that is owning everything. Yeah. Nyla Rose returns and destroys Shida. And she is now the women's champion. And again, part of Kevin Nash's massive stable of all the big guys. And they're running roughshod. Now we're getting good matches because a lot of these guys can go. Yep. This is an yeah. important thing. This is still AEW. So are there anything else? And Kevin Nash is a great fucking promo. And he's a great oh, he's wonderful he bastard. Great. He's a great bastard heel promo. And he can throw in all those things. But we're also working on the assumption that Kevin Nash is brought into this company. Um, he's going to make a lot of money. But he's got his... He knows he's got 25% of, of the biz of the company it's still not enough to actually hold anything. And if actually the worst comes to the worst, the elite could all turn around, pull their money and just buy him out. So we've also got to work on the assumption here that Kevin Nash is actually going to do what's best for business in the whole of the arc. We can't have the old, you know, just in it for himself, bringing his mates in. Yeah, completely. We have to have certain rules on this. And he's going to make a lot of money out of this. And that's all Kevin Nash cares about, to be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> even to the point of knowing Kevin Nash will end up turning face at the end of it because you know he can be a charismatic face as well um, so all the way through this we're having situations so we're having great matches but whenever the baby faces get a win we get uh, decisions um, overturned by Kevin Nash or there has to be a rematch or yeah. something happens and his chosen order um keep coming in i think the dark order will probably um flit around in there at the same time you need because you have the way that the tears work you we can't have this as a pure nwo versus wcw remake this is a thing that happens sort of in the background between certain teams and you can pull certain teams into this storyline and they can come out so um we've got the build up and we get to what is going to be, we're just coming up to, um, so Fighter Fest has been, uh, Double or Nothing is the first whitewash of all the original baby, is the, the birth of this. Over Dynamite, we move in. Fighter Fest is the whitewash of all the baby faces. All the baby faces either getting completely taken out or removed. And we have our now heel stable um, bunch of sycophants that are all completely and utterly on Kevin Nash's side holding the belts. Now, 
Orange Cassidy works his way up. He manages to win the number one contendership for the TNT Championship. Yep. And it's going to be Orange Cassidy versus Brian Cage. Um, Orange Cassidy, because the best friends have worked their way up and they are in the tag team match for to win back the tag titles, Orange Cassidy has a different backup. Oh. Orange Cassidy comes out, you know, takes off his sunglasses, looks down the camera and just gives that shrug and the laconic smile. He's sort of surrounded by a bunch of heels, at which point out comes Jericho, the whole of the elite oh, okay. and the Lucha brothers. And they <laughs> come out to be Orange Cassidy's backup because they have been, they've had nothing. In the case of Jericho, Jericho, um, can even cut the promo that um, his matches with Cassidy led to him getting, giving respect to Cassidy. So we can have a babyface Jericho uh, to lead. That gives you a good person to oppose Kevin Nash. And if Kevin Nash is determined to have a match, Jericho is the safest fucker in that ring for Kevin Nash to have a match against. Yeah, you're not wrong. And if we've taken Jericho out for a bit, he's been touring with Fozzie. He will come back to a massive fucking pop. In yeah, fact, fair. I'm going to flip this. So that's what's going to happen. Kevin Nash is going to come out. He's going to do his bit. And the I am evil Judas music is going to hit. And Jericho is going to come out. Old school Jericho. Fireworks with his arms out. With his back uh, to the crowd. Turn around and go. And cut Kevin Nash down to size with a promo. About how this is the future. Because um, I'm doing this on the fly. So I've got to think of things as I go oh, along. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, man, yeah, don't worry. I'm liking and then, it brings out the elite and that to be the backup for orange Cassidy. So before this, so cage already knows he's actually the one going into the dangerous situation. Cause I think cage can sell it. Well, um, yeah. uh, best friends have just worked their ways through jungle boy wins. A chance has been the um, Jurassic express have just been causing massive problems for Lance Archer. Massive problems. The one person that Lance Archer has not been able to overcome during this time properly is Luchasaurus. But it's not going to be Luchasaurus who we're going to put the belt on. It's Jack Perry that we've been building up. So, um, just before All In, Nyla Rose is out there. She's cutting a promo about how there is no one, no one uh, who can stop her. There is no one at all. There is not a woman who is strong enough. There is not a woman who can overcome her. She has destroyed everybody in this division, at which point we're going to do an old school morgue booking. The lights are going to go out. The lights are going to come up. And Rhea Ripley is standing at the top of the ramp, just staring daggers either. through her. <laughs> It's a double book because it's the only way I could get Rhea Ripley no, in. Mate, mate, as soon as you said it, I was like, good lad, I'm on board. <laughs> um, hopefully, during this time, Rhea Ripley has managed to redeem herself and has managed to beat Charlotte fucking Flair. You're fucking hopeful, <laughs> I, aren't you? <laughs> I, 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 I was tempted for a moment there to have the lights go out, the lights come up, and it's Charlotte Flair. Charlotte we all know that <laughs> Nyla Rose is accepted it. I'd have taken it. Excuse me. It would have been lights off, lights back on, Charlotte Flair's there, lights back off, 
then Charlotte's just pinned her in the centre of the so, ring. So, <laughs> Charlotte's just got the championship. Yes. And Kevin Nash is going, yeah, it's yours. It's, it's... <laughs> no. Shift. So Even Kevin Nash can't fight a flare. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how I would bring it in. That's how I would book them. I would book an invasion angle um, with an invasion storyline with a, with an old school, the, the big guys versus the smaller guys, but do it in such a way that some of the big guys don't switch sides. That is how I would book that, and that's how I bring Rhea Ripley in. I think she's, if you're bringing her in, you're bringing her in to overcome a big yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's my book. On, that's my yeah. book on the fly this week. I hope you thought it was okay. Good work, man. Yeah, Good mate, work. I'm down with it. I'm, I've got like a love hate relationship with Kevin Nash because I appreciate he did terrible things to wrestling with his, you know, the clicks manipulation, and he wasn't the best guy in the ring. He was good enough, but damn, is he charismatic? Yeah, like, and damn, he knows is... the industry. Like yeah. his stuff. If you listen to him talking about the stuff that he said to do with NWO, he's brilliant. Just like, nah, we shouldn't be on your shows that have been pre-taped because you just cut us off and stuff like that. That forward thinking is just real clever. The big sexy. He drinks red wine. He's also the only only one who, like, never really got into super hardcore drugs and became an alcoholic. He just sort of, like, went, nah, this is enough. I'll just drink wine now and stop taking pills. Yeah. (laughs) Him and Triple H got shit down before they wrecked themselves entirely. 100%. So that's my book on the fly. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I've, I'm, starting to get, I'm, I'm starting to get to, to the point where I'm, I'm kind of worried that I'm, I'm going to be careful not to start repeating myself. And yeah, you I, yet. I, I, do, I do like doing the lights go out, lights come up. It's such and such. I will admit. Yeah, I'd, it's a brilliant one, though, isn't it? When it works, it's great. So this week, uh, now it's time for our discussion. And as uh, Mr. Muir, you're going, you, you have the lead for our discussion, I believe, this week. This is one about, with recent news about TNA, it's the Tessa Blanchard uh, Impact Champion of the men's title. What do you two, and I'll also give my opinions on this, feel about having cross-genders on the top? This is to do with the top male or top female belt of it going to someone of the different gender. How do you feel about it, and what do you think about it? I think the base. Oh, oh no, carry oh. on. I think the base thing here is uh, the base discussion is: does the uh, female, does the traditionally male's belt being won by a woman demean the woman's belt? Basically, the uh, women's. That's where I was going to come with with my side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make it? Um, does it make them feel like this? Yes, they've entered the man's league. Um, yeah. In realistic, realistic, uh, you know what I mean? Um, how to, I'm going to have a conversation without sounding sexist. Men put on muscle easier than women, and thus we have an easier time becoming chunky fast boys, basically, which is why there's normally such a division in things. Um, not saying things can't be overcome, but that's you know, just the standard life. Um, so a woman winning the man's title is obviously it's being pushed as a title above the others. In intergestional gender wrestling, where we actually allow this and we have the more LU cinematicness, we don't have a hard judge on male versus women, uh, men versus women, one side being stronger. No, because it doesn't matter if you've got the intergender stuff. Impact hasn't really pushed the intergender stuff. 
other than Tessa, from what I understand. Um, as far as so, I know, not. Uh, so, yeah, I'd argue it, it devalues the women's title because it's saying this is for the women, but some women might be good enough to fight with the boys. You know what I mean? That's how I feel about it, and I think it's really kind of demeaning. It's like, there you go, love, have this pretty little belt. She can fight with the real belt, you know? And it's just like... And it just so... led to a bunch of promos of people like Taya going, I'm now coming for this belt. So yeah. either you're devaluing one or you're, you know, you have to roll everybody into the other one, which makes the other one pointless. I'm going to hand this over to, to uh, Morg before I start doing my suggestions to fix this because he's our women's expert. So I've always hated men, women, the women's belt. I think that devalues women's belt and... Um, because of the way it's always been done, and we're going back here to when WWE have done that kind of shit. Well, it's always awful when WWE it's, do it. It's, it's always... Did Santino Morelli win the first women's yes, Royal um, Rumble? when Santino came out, um, I know the Raptor, uh, the women's, women's Rumble, um, Raptor was particularly pissed, and I completely understand 100%, why. 100%, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a crowning point for women that they are having their rumble, and then it's like you're doing this, really. Yeah, I mean, really? They, they waited. They waited till the third one, but I, I've was always it the third one. I thought it was, it was the third. My no, mistake. No, sorry. no, it was the third one that they did that in. Um, when he came out as Santina. Um, <sighs> as the flip side, now if you'd known the full joke all along, because that to the raptor just looked like you're just making a cross-dressing joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you know the full story, is that the whole joke has never actually been across. It was Santino pretended to be his sister, and okay. that became a second character. It was not supposed to, or certainly never in my eyes, was never supposed to be. It was supposed to be really obvious. We all, everyone was in on the, on, yeah. everyone was in on it, was the fact that this isn't a joke about a guy dressing as a woman. It's a guy pretending to be his sister. And I appreciate there's a very fine line between that. Um, On the other card, it's someone dang... that's so low down the male card just coming in and winning the women's thing. That's where that's where it gets terrible. Um, yeah. I've never liked it. I've no. never thought it's a thing. I don't. I'm Now, on the flip side, I quite enjoyed it when um, I heard that Tessa had won. That's really good because you know strong proponent of strong female characters but at the same time you have that same problem well she's she's good enough to win it but unless all the women are competing for that belt yeah all you're doing is going this is you're just charlotte flaring that woman yeah clearly. Um, exactly which is the, the same problem i but would like to see if aw do something similar You've got a choice, and you have the men's belt, the women's belt, the TNT Championship, and the World Championship. That's why I was going to segment it into. Yeah, women go for women's, men go for men's, and the men's can be um, men go for men's, and anyone goes for the other two. Or you make the the World Championship the men's World Heavyweight Championship, the women's World Heavyweight Championship the TNT championship. The TNT championship is the open challenge belt. Yep. Anyone can challenge for it. Women don't challenge for the men's championship. Men don't challenge for the women's championship. If you are trans, 
you challenge for the belt you identify with, and we don't fucking go any further than that. Yeah, that's just all that. we fucking need. Yeah. We don't. Um, I was going to go through a slightly different thing because there's a uh, not not on the trans thing. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking. <laughs> shit. Carry on, shit. strike. Um, because there's an interesting word in those belts that you mentioned, which seems to get fucking overlooked in wrestling quite a lot. Is it heavyweight? It is. It is heavyweight. <laughs> Do you know what we could have? <laughs> Weight divisions. Because let's be honest, if Orange Cassidy wins the heavyweight men's belt, I'm going to be looking at like Paige and Brody going, how is this man a heavyweight? It's a word we ignore because that's just what titles are called. You know what I mean? But if you want to have full intergender, just have weight categories. You yep. can have the small person belt, the medium person belt, and the big person belt. And you know, sometimes in wrestling and boxing, you're so good, they put you up a weight category. You can compete. You know, this, this flyweight's taking on this heavyweight because he's that good. Then I can be more impressed. So if I watch tiny... Uh, who are the lightest people in both leagues? Like Riho slash probably Orange Cassidy still. He's a skinny man. Or Marco Stunt. Or Marco know. Stunt in the heavyweight category. I'm going to be more impressed. Obviously, you're looking at more. I don't know the official weight categories you get in boxing. Doesn't stuff. Matter, like but seven. Yes. If you've got I the think light... in wrestling, we can. I think if we're doing wrestling, we could only have Cruiser. three or maybe even yeah. two. Uh, small, medium and high. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, um, either just have the women's and the men's and two universal ones, as you're saying, or just go to weight categories. It's it's not that hard. I mean, I don't think we'll get into gender on AEW. I'd love to see it because, you know, it's a television series, but people are very against it. And there's all manner of weird little crazy conspiracies about it. All right, I'll, I'll go back now. I've brought us down by shouting about weight categories, and it angers me. No, no, no. It's completely understandable, and it would build into better than separating by sex. Separating by weight would be the more fighting style of it. I would agree I think, on that. I think one of the problems we have is the three of us. Now, I, I understand why WWE doesn't do intergender wrestling. Yep. It's... An, a, it is one of those views of they don't like the idea of men beating up women, and it's 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 a feather in their cap. It's a, one of the very few feathers in their cap. I mean, they used to do it a lot back in the Attitude Era, and as much as we all cry for the Attitude Era, there was a lot of the Attitude Era was shit. Yes, mate. The um, Katie Vick whoa. story was Katie during Vick. the oh. Attitude Era. Yeah, it's no, just wh saying. Which era was Snitsky the best story? That was after Attitude. Is that That's end of Attitude heading towards Ruthless, Ruthless aggression. aggression because yeah. Kane hasn't gone mask at that point. <laughs> Sorry, uh, anything which features a man kicking a doll into a crowd. But, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm taking... Well, I'm back on subject. But then you can have some of the bits like China winning the Intercontinental, which was fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Which time. was fucking awesome. Yeah, and you know? entering the first woman to enter the Royal Rumble. Exactly. You well, know? It's like, Mick Foley actually said, you know, this is about people that some of the guys didn't want to get beaten up by China. I think Mick Foley says in his book, and I am paraphrasing, have you seen her? <laughs> yeah, she'd kick my ass. Yes. Well, she wouldn't yes. kick my ass, but yeah, you know. 
It's like Jordan Grace in Impact, who I think will probably be their next big woman's push. Uh, yeah. She is, she's built like a shot putter, which is what I actually want to see on some fighty women, you know. It's like I don't disbelieve that Chris Stander could launch me into the sun if she tried, you know. <laughs> but anyway. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no. So we want to see intergender and, I don't know, maybe AEW's second show could do it. I think I, if I think if Dynamite went into it, uh, Morg's method is better and make two titles universal and then keep an men's and women's. I think if it was a full show, I'd want my uh, weight categories. I think the most we could ever expect from a mainline US TV show would be the TNT Championship can be challenged by any gender, any creed, any whatever. It's just if you challenge for it, which I think would make that belt more interesting. But I want to keep the other two belts to their Pacific genders, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I maybe not call it the Men's World Heavyweight Championship. That's just because that's habit for myself. The, yeah, the yeah. Men's AEW Championship, the Women's AEW Championship, and then the TNT Championships. Like I say, but as I was saying before, we, the three of us, like we've seen a lot of really good intergender wrestling. When you've got things like Lucha Underground, where Lucha Underground didn't have any rules at all, the fighters fought. Yeah, And yes, when Sexy Star went up against the guys, she was the underdog babyface. And some of that was because she was a woman. And, you know, unfortunately, that is, you know, a perception that we not, I don't mean we, the three of us, or I don't mean all of our listeners. There is an overall perception. Um, But she looked smaller than it was um, Mill Mortez she went up against, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but yeah. it's Mill. It's <laughs> Come on. Mill. You know, there weren't many people on that roster. I mean, even Pentagon looks small compared to Mill. Yeah. And Pentagon Clay. is not a tiny chap. He's, um, he's <laughs> um You know, but it, it, did, it did add a little bit more to it when you had that and the fact, you know, that it was Sexy Star and that was her gimmick. Um Tyre versus Cage. Tyre versus Cage was a yep. really good match. Your favourite match of all time? Yeah, exactly. The uh, Black Lotus Triad versus uh, Pentagon. Pentagon, especially with the ending. Like everybody in that match looked fucking wicked, and I was, you know, I was in like a happy luchador NJPW weeb corner, just fucking so happy. It's wonderful. <laughs> just did. Oh, I say do it, but American American you, can't. Don't want and, it. And they get very sad about it and very yeah. angry. Really none of these people have a housing estate England uh, mother who they've seen punch a grown man to the floor. <laughs> I think that Maybe that's it. just me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think our, our overall opinion is that have separate belts, keep them separate, but have a belt that anyone can challenge for. If you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray. So uh, that comes to the end of another show. Uh, episode 15, guys. We're, we're going strong. Jesus. Um, like to say thank you to Anchor.fm for hosting the podcast. We are Wrestle Opinionated on Spotify, on Anchor.fm, and on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> Good work, <Paul. laughs> Um Over to you, Mr. Muir. Once again, I'd like to thank you all for staying and putting up with us. Please be good to each other out there and make sure that you can send us in stuff. If you can send us stuff in from 
to wrestleopinionated at gmail.com, wrestleop on Facebook, or wrestleop1 at Twitter. And that's one of the. Oh, you remembered. You remembered. I remembered it. Look at that. Good work. Anyway, yeah, uh, do like, share, subscribe, do all those things that 15 year old YouTube Smash that like button. Smash that like button, punch your face into your keyboard as hard as you can. Uh, share us on Twitter, comment on Twitter. I know some of you are listening. Feel free to chat with me. I am trying to learn and behave in the terrifying world that is Twitter. But thank you very much for listening. Do all that good stuff. Back to you, Morg. All's left to be said is goodbye and good night.